Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The Indianapolis Colts have given Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade. Drake, let's talk about it. Welcome to the Horseshoe Huddle podcast presented by Fan Nation on SI.com, part of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Andrew Moore, and I'm joined here, as always, by my colleague, writer, and fellow analyst at HorseshoeHuddle.com, Drake Wally. Drake, it's, I, I mean, it seems like we have finally reached an impasse. It seems like the Colts are, are, are kind of sick of how the situation is going. Uh, they are giving Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade to see what the market is out there. And, and, and we've, we've just reached that, that boiling point in my opinion. So how are you doing, man? Uh, how is Drake on this fine, very, very warm Monday evening in Indiana? outside of the fact that it's basically an oven outside uh this this was something that you know you knew that everything was kind of go you know you you knew the dramatic stuff that was going on with this you know contract negotiation i i didn't expect this to happen and we'll dive more into it at, you know what what some things what might have led up to this point but it's just it just doesn't seem to stop you know even with just a couple weeks before the real big games start uh, you got a guy who hasn't even been cleared yet, and now you've got all this going on, and now the Colts are allowing him to go seek a trade partner. Uh, it, it's the dr- the dramatics just don't seem to stop with Jonathan Taylor this offseason. No, and and it's 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 reached that point where, and like I said, I think it's it's reached that point where it's time to to show what you've got. So whether it's uh, they can whether the Colts can find a, a trade that they like, whether Jonathan Taylor goes and. and test the market to see that there's not much out there uh it's it's going to be interesting but it's official we do have movement on the jonathan taylor saga after all let's let's quickly get into the chat here to see who is joining us Truett is here as always Truett got to go to the game last saturday so it's good to see you here and and hope you had a great time there at the game the cfo of horseshoe huddle patrick rye is here uh saying that he got permission to seek a trade staff that's Matt is here wondering what we're going to talk about. It's pretty, pretty uh, uh, obvious, I think, what we'll be talking about all evening. Jack Rizzo is here. He says, please trade him before I suffer a stroke. Uh, good to see you, Jack. Hey, hang, in. Up, Andrew and Drake. Hang, hang in there, buddy. Uh, it'll be uh, it'll be just fine. Patrick's going to lead us off here with a super chat. He says, wouldn't be surprised if more than anything, this is just to prove to Jonathan Taylor that no one is going to pay him. Same thing happened to Austin Eckler. So Patrick starting us off right with that super chat here tonight. We really, really appreciate it. And, and we're going to dive into just that, about what goes all into to Jonathan Taylor seeking a trade. Patrick, we really, really appreciate all of the support. Yeah, and if you, you guys, if you guys want to support us as well, 
first go follow us on all of our social medias like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on twitter and subscribe to the horseshoe huddle youtube channel hit that bell so you never miss an episode of the horseshoe huddle podcast and if you can't catch us live apple spotify google wherever you listen to podcasts we're on there as well so make sure you subscribe and give us a five star review on that but drake i'm not going to delay us any further let's dive right in to this breaking news so the colts did grant jonathan taylor and his management malkikawa uh permission to seek a trade to talk with other teams uh that uh, that was espn's adam schefter that broke the news uh Obviously, Jonathan Taylor requested a trade on July 25th as the Colts reported to training camp after having a lengthy discussion with general manager Chris Ballard. Colts owner Jim Irsay came out point blank and said, we're not going to be trading Jonathan Taylor. Now, about a month has passed since then. Jim Irsay had some very glowing comments of Jonathan Taylor on the broadcast on Saturday night, but now we're here. And, and it seems like now Taylor is free to go throughout the league uh, and, and seek seek a trade. What teams are going to be interested? What are they offering? Uh, and, and we'll see what happens. So, so Drake, when this news came down, when you saw this come across your phone, what was your gut reaction uh, to the Colts allowing Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade? You know, initially I was just like, this just doesn't stop. You know, it just doesn't stop at all. Now, whatever happened with Jonathan Taylor, where he was excused for a personal reason, you know, hope everything's okay with him in that regard. But uh, it just doesn't it's not good, man, for a team that is going that's so young, that's going through all the development that the Colts are going through, going through all the injuries, which, by the way, Taylor still injured. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, a lot of injuries right now. This isn't just not the kind of thing you want to see. But I guess I, I, I agree with Patrick in a sense. It's almost as if at the end of my thinking and my gut reaction, I thought after I kind of settled down for a moment and saw this this update, I said to myself, they've got to be pretty much making an example of him at this point where they're just like, if you can find someone, go for it. Because they put the bar high for what they want for him. So I don't think I think that says we're letting you seek you know, a trade, we're going to let you go out there and ch- and see what you have available, but you're going to realize that no one's going to give you or give us what we want to give you away. So if, if it doesn't happen, that's really the big question. What's going to happen with Jonathan Taylor if he doesn't get traded at this point? Yeah. And, and again, I think my gut, my gut reaction was just that it's, it's finally reached a point where the, the Colts and, and Jonathan Taylor are both like, you know, it's, it's time to, it's time to get things going. It's time to resolve this. And, and I mean, the Colts are calling Jonathan Taylor's bluff in a, in a sense, they're saying, look, I mean, you, you, you want all, you want this big deal. You're, you're, you're causing a distraction and and asking for a contract negotiation and for this big deal when you aren't even aren't even practicing you aren't even healthy from an injury that a linebacker one of the linebackers on our team the Colts are saying on on the Colts team in EJ Speed had the same injury went through the rehab and was back in four to six weeks and you had this surgery in January it's late August. It's almost September and you are still not healed. I mean, and, and then he's coming asking for these numbers. The Colts at this point are like, okay, Jonathan, go ahead, go out. If you think you can get this deal, get the, the, the contract you are searching for from another team, go find it. 
and and then they have that team come to us and and we'll see if if we can get that compensation if not then we can kind of table this in and come back and 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 maybe try to rehash out a deal but this is this is the ugly business side of the nfl and it's playing out so publicly it's I know it's not something that really we have seen before under Chris Ballard, where uh, a superstar player and 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 him are, are and the Colts are kind of at odds. But it's it's also a very di- a different situation because of the running back market, because of how injured, uh, because Jonathan Taylor is still injured, and Shane Steichen is a new head coach implementing a new system. So. Will Jonathan Taylor have as an effect be as effective in this Shane Steichen system as he was with Frank Reich as the head coach? There's just so many different odds and ends, and so many different factors that are playing into this situation. And now it's finally boiled to a head. Yeah, and now it's getting to the point where you have to start asking yourself from a front office standpoint: Is this worth it? You know, is this really worth it? Now. Cutting him is completely out of the question. No, they will. But yeah, that, that's Taylor. never going to happen. Obviously, I think I saw one or two tweets about that, and maybe the people were ill-informed that that's going to cost an exuberant amount of money. Uh, but it, they're kind of like in a corner because it's like you want to play Jonathan Taylor, but you also want him to get healthy. But he's also asking for all this money. He's got an agent who's who's really campaigning well enough to get Taylor to believe in this uh, type of argument. So one way or another, you just hope, and I've been preaching this and so have you, that it just somehow comes to a good end from where both sides can, can be happy. But it just seems like as the weeks pile on, it's getting farther and farther from a resolution that's going to be good. Right. Shout out to my wife, Danielle, for the super sticker, her nightly super sticker. Really appreciate it, sweetheart, uh, as always. But yeah, Drake, it's it's I think uh, kind of moving along to how we got here. It's just because they're I think it's I think it's both. Obviously, all parties are, are involved. And and should take blame for this, in my opinion. Jonathan Taylor, with that hard stance of you know either pay me or trade me. I don't care if I'm injured or not. You're you're you're, you need to pay me for what I've done. Which, to be honest, that's kind of bad. That's not being a very good GM and a very good front office. If you're paying players for what they have done, you're supposed to be paying players for what they will do for you. Uh, You could. The, the what they have done gets you in the ballpark, but paying into the future, that's what you're going to be paying them to do for you. And and the Colts for, for strictly saying, you know, we're not going to even engage in contract negotiations uh, until possibly the end of the season. So it's, it, there's blame to go on both sides. And, and I, now just because the Colts also gave Jonathan Taylor permission to seek a trade that doesn't mean that he is going to be traded you know because he's got to find the right partner he's got to find the, the, the that team also has to be number one they have to be willing to compensate uh the colts what the colts want in order to let go of jonathan taylor because the colts don't have to let go of jonathan taylor if they don't want to and then not only that that team has to be prepared to dish out a big time extension to a running back that has never played it down for them and in a running back market that we're seeing guys not not get as much money uh no whether it's on all uh, it's as much 
guaranteed money or as much total money on the contract. It's a very tough situation, I think, that, that Jonathan Taylor is in. And, and the Colts are saying, you know, if you think you can go out there and, and find this money and find a team that's willing to give this to you and give us the, the compensation that we want, go right ahead and we'll be open to negotiations. Yeah, and you want, again, at the end of the day, you would love to have Jonathan Taylor in the backfield with Anthony Richardson. But as we discussed, it's getting to the point where – you got to start considering the team. You got to start considering these young guys. You got to start considering, like you said, a new offense that he hasn't played in. An offense where it's better for a running back to be able to catch passes. Okay. So, it, Jonathan Taylor, I personally think could fit in dang near any offense uh, given his ability, but it, it, it is getting to the point where it's really, you know, curious. You're looking at his arguments as opposed to the Colts. The Colts can just sit there. I mean, they're so comfortable. They're telling him, go look for something because we don't know where it's at. If you can find something, great, bring it to us. Uh, but it's got to be a first-round pick or it's got to be a deal where it's equivalent to a first-round pick. I mean, they are setting the bar super-duper high. So I think that the suitors are probably going to be, you know, teams that are just one or two players away from Super Bowl contention. But even then, you got to ask yourself, are you going to pay – probably what Taylor's asking, which is resetting the running back market at like 16.5 or 17 million a year. That's what I'm assuming he's asking for. Right. And, and then we, now we, we kind of, kind of already said like what are like the Colts are asking for for a big package so I want to kind of dive real into that real quick too so Stephen Holder of ESPN who covers the Colts uh down there in Indy said the, that according to a source that that told him the Colts are asking for a first round pick or the equivalent to a first round pick as far as draft picks are concerned in exchange for Jonathan Taylor that just ups the ante even more, Drake, because when you're talking about, I mean, that was, that's what we said. So you're going to give a, a first-round pick for a running back when a very loaded running back draft class is coming in. There's not a Bajon Robinson in this draft class, but you could get a very quality back in the second round probably. And so you're willing to give up a first-round pick and pay him a bunch of money? The more you talk through this and, and and you put the initial reaction of like, oh, just because the Colts allow him to seek a trade, he's going to he's going to be traded. Once you talk through this, you realize that it's going to be very difficult for for Jonathan Taylor to find a team that's going to be willing to give up that for him and pay him what he wants. As Patrick said, and I've seen others in the chat say it as well. I mean, think of Austin Eckler with the Chargers. He requested to be traded. The Chargers gave him permission to seek a trade, couldn't find one that he liked, realized he wasn't going to get paid what he thought he was going to get paid on the open market, and then he comes back with the Chargers. That that very well could happen with this Jonathan Taylor situation with the Colts. Yeah, and uh, I, I actually saw, it looks like we have an Eagles fan in here. Uh, MB said, hi, all Eagles fan here. If you can just drop off JT while you come to Philly this week, that would be great. Uh, you know what? Hey, I mean, if, hey. Howie, if Howie wants to give a first-round pick and then sure. dish out 16 mil a year to a running back, <laughs> go right ahead. Go right sure. ahead. Sure. No, it, it, look, it, it's the more and more you, you dive into it, it just seems crazier and crazier that he's standing his ground 
And it does mirror the Austin Eckler situation where it's like, hey, go check out that grass. It might not be greener on the other side like you think it's going to be. It's that old argument where it's like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. And I think that Taylor is going to find that there are just not going to be suitors out there that are like, oh, 16, 17, 18 million a year after you're coming off of an ankle injury. You're not even entirely healthy and you might not fit our system. You also don't catch passes out of the backfield very well, which is what a 2023 running back almost has to have that ability. Unless you're Derrick Henry and you're the size of a truck and you can literally just keep churning an offense on your back and you've shown zero signs of regression, it's going to be incredibly difficult for him to find that. And I think the Colts know that. I, I do. I do too. And, and the Colts are really in a, in my opinion, the Colts still hold all the leverage. The Colts are in the, the best position here as well, because even if Jonathan Taylor is able to go find uh, an, an, a team that's willing to pay a first round pick or the equivalent to a first round pick and pay him through the contract that he wants, I mean, the Colts then have two first round picks in a a draft where they're going to be looking to improve multiple holes. Then they could still, I mean, you think about it, the Colts could get a, 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 a pass rusher. Uh, they could get a wide receiver or get a, 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 someone to help on the offensive line. And then you can still get a running back in the second round. And with this with this draft class that's upcoming. And so the Colts are again are in a very good spot here. And and when you take emotion out of it, because I know as fans, you're you're probably thinking, like, man, this is this is either number one, annoying, number two, sad, number three, all of the above, uh, or a combination of the two. But when you look at it, you take the emotion out of it and you look look at it strictly from the business standpoint and look at it for, for how the Colts are thinking about this you realize that the Colts aren't in a terrible spot. Yes, it could hurt them as far as winning this year and possibly, I wouldn't say stunt the growth of Anthony Richardson because I think I think you can still, you can still have enough running backs back there and the production could still be there to help Anthony Richardson. But at the same time, when you're thinking long term down the road, this just the, the the Colts are in a really good spot here. So it's it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. And Drake, let's let's talk about this for a second. Let's say there are there there are, has been reported that there's going to be some interested teams in Jonathan Taylor who they're who are going to consider this. Where what possible destinations come to mind when you're thinking about? Uh, about teams that could want to have Jonathan Taylor and could want to trade for him to be on their team. Wow. Uh, one team that, that does stand out that I think would really work well with him is the, is the Baltimore Ravens, just because I feel like him and him and Lamar Jackson, that's a pretty deadly combination. JK Dobbins, Gus, Gus Edwards, they've all had really bad injury history. Uh, I know we've heard Miami. I just don't, I don't know if uh, I think somebody mentioned the, the, the Chubb and Tua uh, contracts kind of staring them in the face. They have, they don't have an offense that really fits him either. I think that they favor more of like the Miles Gaskin, uh, Chase Edmonds style. There, there we go, uh, of of running back where it's like okay, they catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, they, even Dalvin Cook's name was getting floated around. Even he can catch the ball out of the backfield. I mean, I'm not saying Jonathan Taylor is not a talented player. He's just not a pass catching back. He just isn't. So, 
I, I think that one more team that does stand out is the Chicago Bears, and it's because kind of similar uh, to what you you know think with Lamar Jackson, well, Justin Fields and Jonathan Taylor, that's a heck of a combination. I, I know they picked up a running back in the draft, but they also gave away Darren Montgomery. So, uh, or David Montgomery. So, you know, you look at Khalil Herbert, he's probably not a starter. You know, the rookie that they drafted who's slipping my mind now, he's probably not a starter. Jonathan Taylor makes a lot of sense with all the money they've got, the assets they can give up after that trade with Carolina to move up to, uh, to number one. I mean, there's suitors out there. I, I just, I just don't know if there's anyone outside of those three that I could even think of, honestly. Yeah. And you also have to consider cap space too. I mean, yeah. you have to be able to fit I mean, and obviously you can manipulate the cap and you can offload assets and, and things like that, restructure deals. But at the same time, you you have to kind of think about what how to what teams can fit uh, uh, Jonathan Taylor under their cap for 15, 16 million a year. I'm looking right here at uh, this is according to uh, uh, over the cap, the, the teams with the top with the top cap space in the NFL right now, the Cardinals with 24 million, the Browns with 22 million, but they also have, I mean, they have Nick Chubb. They don't need uh, a running back. The Lions have 19 million. Do the Lions make a play for Jonathan Taylor? The Bengals, 19 million. They have Joe Mixon, and we're talking about uh, a pay cut for Joe Mixon. I think that actually went through. The Panthers with 19 million, but they just got, they just uh, uh, signed Miles Sanders. Then the Colts, you have the Cowboys who have Tony Pollard. The Jaguars, the Colts aren't going to be trading within the division. The Bears have sixteen million. So out of those teams, it'd be the it'd be the Bears that, that make the most sense and can and can actually fit Jonathan Taylor's. Uh, oh, and then stats, Matt. Thank you for that. Uh, the Lions just drafted uh, oh, yeah. Jameer Gibbs. Completely forgot First that round. and and signed David Montgomery. So the the Lions aren't going to be looking for for a running back so chicago probably makes sense and chicago has the draft capital from the panthers that 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 they could could offload to to help that nathan comancy says the chiefs the chiefs i don't even know if they have a million dollars in cap space so the chiefs would not be looking to pay big money to to jonathan taylor they wouldn't even be able to do it especially when they just had Isaiah Pacheco, a seventh rounder that cost them practically nothing, uh, uh, really, really dominate and help that team out. So, again, it's going to be tough for Jonathan Taylor to really find a team that is going to want to take on that big contract and give up the assets necessary to pull him away from Indy. Yeah, and you just added another, uh, you know, level to the argument of what is Jonathan like what is what is his side of things thinking like it's it's just it's a losing battle where you're like okay it's you, you want to you know admire someone who doesn't give up in the face of defeat but this isn't like a battle where it's like you know there's valor involved it's just like you know you're worth in the NFL it's dropped it sucks but it's just it is what it is and the Austin Eckler situation is a perfect example. I truly do think that there is a chance that it could play out that way. There's also a chance that one of these teams, look, if one of these teams gives an gives an offer that you heard Stephen Holder talk about or, you know, first round type of offer or package, I don't see how the Colts don't take it. I really don't because they're looking to the future right now and, and they want Taylor to be a part of that. But at the end of the day, if you got somebody who doesn't want to be a part of something, you'll figure out a way to get rid of them, especially if you get a good enough offer back, you know, back in the building. So we'll see. 
Exactly. And and this kind of brings us to our last point to maybe try to put a bow on at least tonight's conversation <laughs> about Jonathan Taylor, because obviously this isn't going to go away anytime soon. But Drake, if you had to, if you had to bet, if you had to place money on it, do you think a trade happens with Jonathan Taylor or do you think he ends up staying in Indy this season? Oh, there, I think he stays. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think that this is a, a losing battle on his end. And I, I do commend the Colts for saying, you know what? Fine. We're tired of it. Go look. Let us know what you find. They just took their hands off the situation. They're putting the power, they're putting the ball in his court per se, you know? So um, I just don't think it happens. I think that the value he's looking for is too much. The running back position is dwindling. We just saw Joe Mixon take a pay cut. Austin Eckler tried to try to do the same thing, stayed at home. Uh, we saw Dalvin Cook get cut from the Vikings and signed to a team that already has Brees Hall. Okay, mm -hmm. so, I mean, he's not even going to be the number one dude. He's going to be in a committee probably. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about Dalvin Cook is going to be in a committee. Think about that. That's where the running back position is right now. In fact, Zeke Elliott is a Patriot. Guarantee he's going to share that backfield with Ramondre Stevenson. Okay, mm -hmm. that's just the NFL now. I don't think he goes anywhere. I just don't think that there's any chance a team is going to pay that much and give up that much for him. Yeah, I I, I don't either. Uh, I I think that it, there's there's again there's so many layers to all of this. The I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to find a team that is willing to give up the compensation uh, uh, needed to get to get his services, especially when he's going to be asking for top of the level running back money. You know. And plus, this is something that our colleague Zach Hicks posted on Twitter, and I, I, I agree with this 100%. There's a reason the Colts are making this known, that they want really high compensation. There's a reason that this leaked to Stephen Holder, that the Colts are asking for a first-round pick. It's because the Colts don't really want to trade Jonathan Taylor. If they're if they're if they're going to trade him, they're going to need a lot. It's going to take a lot of assets in return for them to let go of their all pro running back. They don't want to trade him. They're, they're putting their foot in the ground and they're saying, you know, Jonathan, if you can go find a, a team that is willing to give us what we want, thinks you're that valuable and pay you the money that you want right now, even though you're still battling an ankle injury that, should have taken about a month, month and a half to heal, and you're working on month nine, go for it. We will be happy to oblige. But he's not going to find that, and I think the Colts know that. That's why they are setting the bar so high, and obviously things could be negotiated, uh, but the Colts could also play hardball and say, hey, if we don't get the equivalent of a first-round pick, that's a non-starter. We are not even going to entertain the idea of letting Jonathan Taylor go unless we get that. And I really think that's where the Colts are on this because I think Jim Irsay and Chris Ballard both are, are very stubborn and they're going to keep their heel in the ground on this. And, and I could be wrong. They, I go on this big rant and the Colts end up giving them up for like a third round pick or something stupid. And I, I look like a fool. But it just does not seem like the Colts are going to budge on this. And and I don't think they should either. For considering how the whole situation has played out and the stance that Jonathan Taylor has taken. And listen, I'm a big proponent of players going for their money. You know, go get paid. You're only in the league for a certain amount of time. Do what's best for you and your family. But the Colts also have to do what's best for them as well. It's a business on both sides of things. So when you look at that and the whole nature of things, I don't think the Colts want to trade him. 
I don't think Jonathan Taylor is going to find a trade partner, and I don't think a trade's going to happen. And, and look, if if the Colts get offered a first round pick or a package that equ- that equates out to a first round pick, they have won that trade. Nothing against Jonathan Taylor, but they've won that trade, especially given what the state of the running back position right now and him coming off of injury. So we'll just have to see. But it's a wild situation that, like you said, isn't going to stop anytime soon. Yeah, I, I don't think we're anywhere close to the end of the Jonathan Taylor saga, which, Hey, it gives us a lot to talk about. It's going to really irritate the fans a whole lot, but this, it wouldn't be the Indianapolis Colts without some sort of drama happening, not only behind the scenes, but now out in the public eye as well. So, but, uh, anytime that something breaks on Jonathan Taylor or any new news comes out, we will give it to you guys and be here to discuss all of it. So make sure you stay tuned into everything because like, like Drake and I just said, this is going to drag on for a little while, but so we talked about Jonathan Taylor for almost 30 minutes now, Drake, let's, let's move on to some other things uh, for the Colts. Let's talk about what happened on Saturday night. So the Colts uh, had a come from behind victory over the Chicago bears, 24 to 17 in Lucas oil stadium. Seems like uh, uh, Sam Ellinger was back to his winning ways in the preseason. Uh, but one of the biggest things that everyone was talking about, and, and we'll just touch on this briefly here, uh, was about Anthony Richardson. Uh, Anthony Richardson did not play on Saturday night along with the, uh, the rest of, or most of the starters for the Indianapolis Colts. And a lot of fans were, were kind of upset. Some media members were upset, particularly one from the Indy Star. We won't talk about him here on this program because I don't think he's a great writer. But anyways, uh, Drake, right, right, wrong, indifferent. What was your opinion on the Colts not playing Anthony Richardson Saturday night? I mean, what I've what I've enjoyed, you know, to see Anthony Richardson go out there for a drive or two, could it have helped him? Sure, but uh, to quote Zach Hicks on one of his uh, on one of his, his and Jake's episodes of, of Locked On, they put more value in some of these joint practices uh, because you can really scheme. I mean, you can really throw out some crazy game plans, whereas in the preseason games, they, they're even more dumbed down than in the joint practices. So I think that they put more value. I think Shane Steichen, let's put it in the Colts uh, court here. I think Shane Steichen said to himself, you know, Anthony's played enough against the Bears. We're playing the Bears in a lesser game where there's going to be less for him to see and learn from where he could potentially have a higher chance of getting hurt than he would in the practices. So I think that he saw it like kind of like him and Matt Eberflus talked about it's almost like you got a couple extra preseason games. So I think the Steichen made the good made a good decision. Could it have helped him? Maybe, but I don't really think it's that big of a deal because he got plenty of practice against actual defenses, first team defenses in actual game scenarios. So I'm all for it. Exactly. And and I, I don't think a lot of fans realize what actually happens in these joint practices. It isn't just base defense on base offense. That's what you get in the preseason. In these joint practices, the teams actually do a little bit of scheming and, and show things because the tape that the, the tape from these practices is not distributed to all 32 teams. The tape from these practices only goes to the Colts and it goes to the bears. So that means the Titans, the Jaguars, the Texans can't see what's going on on film during these joint practices. 
but they can for the preseason. So that's why these joint practices are always so important because the Colts are showing what they're actually going to be running on Sundays in on the offense and on defense, and so are the Bears. But that's in the joint practices. In the preseason game, they're going back to their very vanilla offense, very vanilla defense, so that way they don't give away anything on tape. And with how secretive Shane Steichen is about scheme and and not wanting to to dive into anything or, or really give the details about those kinds of things, it makes sense as to why Anthony Richardson didn't play because he got plenty of starting reps and good quality reps against the Chicago Bears defense. There's no reason to put him out there with the second team Colts offensive line that has been struggling. Bernard Ryman wasn't out there. Quentin Nelson, Ryan Kelly, Will Fries, Braden Smith. None of the starters on the offensive line played on Saturday. The only wide receiver that has a chance of starting for this team that played was Josh Downs. Pittman wasn't out there. Pierce wasn't out there. Your starting tight ends weren't out there. Uh, I I think Deion Jackson might have played just a little bit, but overall, the starters aren't out there. The guys Anthony Richardson is going to be playing with aren't out there. If you are comfortable with what he got in the joint practices, I'm completely fine with sitting him. Yes, I know it was disappointing to some of the fans that, that came to see it, But also, fans, you kind of need to know these things ahead of time that usually when when there's a a team that goes with a joint practice that week, the starters aren't going to be playing in the preseason game. So I didn't have a problem with it at all, Drake, and I thought it was a smart move to, to keep Anthony Richardson there on the bench. You can play him against the Philadelphia Eagles, keep him in for a half, but if he would have ended up injured against the Chicago Bears in a meaningless preseason game, I mean, Indianapolis probably would have been coming for Shane Steichen's head at that point. Yeah, and you would have been starting to hear, and this would have been any any team in this situation. The, the fans would have been like, why did you play him? Okay, and trust me, it's it's so much better to sit him after all these joint practices and let Gardner Minshew take the reins, let Sam Ellinger take the reins, they'll split a couple halves, then have him go out there behind a suspect offensive line, which, by the way, I think Ryan Kelly was injured. I think that Braden Smith is still trying to get back to 100% health. You have a couple of the mainstays that were also hurt. You just don't want to put him behind a suspect depth line, second or third string that you're trying to still work out. You don't want to put him back there and risk anything. So I think it was a smart move. People can get as upset as they want, but you're going to be far happier to see him start week one healthy than you would to see him get hurt in the preseason game for a couple of drives. Exactly. But that allowed us to see some of the other quarterbacks on Saturday night. Gardner Minshew had a, a decent performance, I'd say 13 of 15 for 107 yards and, and the one touchdown. But Sam Ellinger, uh, slinging Sammy, who had his his annual really good preseason, Sam. <laughs> really, really big preseason performance, uh, nine for 14, 124 yards. He also added 60 yards on the ground and a rushing touchdown, had a really nice throw down, uh, down the left sideline uh to newly signed wide receiver james washington um and and it was good it was good for sam ellinger get him some confidence he really hasn't received very many reps in training camp because of of richardson and and Minshew splitting those reps and now the colts wanting to get uh anthony richardson as many reps as possible in practice so good for sam ellinger for going out there and and showing that he can he can sling it around a little bit yeah and the thing is he it was also really cool to see 
James Washington, who was just newly signed. In fact, I think he made the big play in the middle of a Zaire Franklin interview that that got put all over Twitter. So it, it was nice to see Sam Ellinger go out there and play well. But it's just so funny because I think I, I heard uh, Zach Hicks say that it's slinging, slinging Sammy Ellinger. Uh, he went out there. If you're if 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 there was a such thing as fantasy football preseason, the number the top five guy is Sam Ellinger. He goes out there and gets half the team's rushing yards. And then he leads the team to a, a victory uh, coming from behind in the fourth quarter. So, look, I think he's earned a spot on the team. I think that he's shown that he can be a solid mentor, a solid guy that's, you know, on the team. But, hey, you know what? He had his moment, and you got to love it. you got to love seeing Sam Ellinger go out there and just be slinging Sammy. Right, and it gives it gives some of the other guys an opportunity, especially uh, with a possible roster spot at wide receiver up for grabs. So James Washington, Amari Rogers, uh, uh, we're talking about Jawan Winfrey, who had a decent game. Uh, DJ Montgomery had some catches, so it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how that that plays out. But though the one guy that I was a little surprised played so much. But he played well, Josh Downs and Drake. It's we we've been. Ta- it seems like every episode we're talking about this, but it Josh Downs is closing in on that starting slot receiver title and and very fast in my opinion. More great catches. You saw how he can get open quickly in the slot, and and it's only a matter of time before he's out there and and solidifies his spot with the ones. And I think that they put him out there because they're trying to see they're just trying to get as many like looks as a coaching staff at Josh Downs, because I think initially when they drafted him, they had the idea in the back of their mind. Look, I'm just going to say this. I think that they thought, okay, he's going to be the future starter. Isaiah McKenzie's great, but he's going to get supplanted by Josh Downs. I don't think that they thought it would happen this quickly. Okay, because none of us thought this was going to happen this fast. Not saying we're coaches, but we thought that it would be maybe week four or five of the regular season. And Josh Downs, he's making it work with Richardson. He's made it work with Ellinger. He's made it work with Minshew, and he's done it in training camp. He's done it in preseason games. The guy is just reliable, and that is the biggest thing you want in a rebuilding offense, new system, rookie quarterback. You want reliability, and you want it at the slot, which is a quick-hitting position where Anthony Richardson can learn to develop those short throws. Right, and he wasn't the only one that that showed out. There was three guys on defense, Drake, that that you and I talked about all three of them Saturday night on our Bleacher Report live stream. Nick Cross, that safety, that second-year jump, I mean, he's starting to make it. He's looking good not only in these preseason games, but when Drake and I were at training camp, he was making plays as well. Last week in those joint practices, he had – and two interceptions uh one was off justin fields the other one was a pj walker he also tipped got a, tip, a hand on another ball uh, of justin fields that ended up being intercepted by ej speed and he was laying the wood he was making some good hits uh making sure the defense was in the right spot nick cross i can tell you has really made a, a significant jump in, in his second year and and could see some some playing time on this defense even if rodney thomas the second and Drew Julian Blackman are the starters. Well, and he might even have the highest ceiling of all of the safeties. Okay. This is why the Colts went up to draft him. And this is what you wanted to see. Everyone was so worried when they got benched and when he stayed on the bench, he ended, I think, with like seven or eight tackles or something like that. Just not a good year. He was not ready. But boy, he has had a U turn as far as his development from what we've, and, and I've said this a billion times, we can only go based off of what we've seen up to this point. Me and Andrew, 
we can absolutely agree here that we we're impressed with Nick Cross and we were worried that we needed to see this kind of production from him to feel more confident. Well, we feel pretty confident with him going into the the third preseason game for sure. Right. Wyatt Law asked, do the Colts carry three quarterbacks? Might Minshew lose out to Ellinger as Anthony Richardson's backup? I don't think Steichen and Ballard go with three on the 53-man roster. I'll start out by saying, no, Gardner Minshew is going to be the backup to Anthony Richardson. There is not a competition there. Uh, but honestly, I do think the Colts do keep three quarterbacks on the roster. Number one, because of that that freebie rule, uh, they're, they're, they're able to keep that, that third emergency quarterback and the Colts still really like Sam Ellinger okay I mean I know I know people talk about I me mean, he didn't do anything for the Colts last year but those inside the building and and those in the front office still really really like Sam Ellinger so I I honestly would expect all three of those guys to make it on the 53-man roster yeah and hey last year I know that people aren't exactly impressed with Sam Ellinger but I believe he played against the Washington uh, football team and then he had to turn or he had to turn around and play the freaking New England Patriots at Foxborough which it was a second season and we all know what Bill Belichick does to rookie and sophomore quarterbacks he destroys them uh, and then I think he played a little bit against the Giants after Foles went down so it's like those are three tough games okay those are hard games to come in with a crappy offense and a team that's spiraling out of control and hey sam go get your first career starts and one of them's against bill belichick who will destroy your mentality i think that he had a very rough set of teams to have to play but look like you said they like him that's all that matters it's all about anthony richardson and you want quarterback minds behind him well Minshew and ellinger those are two awesome mentors for richardson to have on the sideline Right. Let's talk about a couple other guys that impressed Jalen Jones, Drake, as, as stats, Matt comes in saying Jalen Jones looks like a vet already. Jalen Jones has been impressive. He was making plays out there consistently contesting catches. He was very physical at his point of attack. Jalen Jones has been one of the younger cornerbacks that has really impressed me throughout, throughout training camp and, and throughout the preseason. Yeah, and he had six tackles in that game. He's been able to stay right on the receivers. Yes, these are second and third string guys that he's playing against, but he's playing even level competition to what he's being put against. Okay, so he's a second or third stringer. Well, he's playing even competition. And so it's really hard to find anything to, to, to criticize. I think going back to what Rick Venturi said, the only thing that I can find that might be a concern is his speed. But until then, He's showing that his size and his physicality and strength at the point of attack is good enough to compensate for that. So eventually there's going to be one of those receivers that's going to get him on the hips. They're going to be quicker than he can keep up with. He'll probably need to get quicker. But man, boy, for a guy that was picked in the seventh round, holy cow, he's showing out way more than that. And he made some plays on special teams, too. And when yes, you're trying to to get on the, one of those final cornerback spots on the roster, special teams could be all the difference. So I think Jalen Jones is on his way to making the 53-man roster. And then Grant Stewart just continues to have a, an exceptional preseason. The guy was, came to the Colts last year strictly as a special teamer. But he has shown that I think he can be more than that. I think you can rely on him to be uh, provide some depth at that linebacker position, Drake. He's got 18 tackles in, in two preseason games. He had a sack against the Bears. I mean, he 
you know, you take these special, the Colts take these special teams guys that no one talks about. And then you start talking about them out of nowhere. Guys like EJ speed guys like Isaiah Rogers, you know, I know that he's not on the team anymore, but then you've had, you've had so many guys come off of special teams and make an impact like Zaire Franklin, who was the captain. So this is just, it's, it all, it's all adding up. Grant Stewart is having himself one hell of an off season and a great preseason. Could he potentially get some defensive snaps? I think there, if there was ever a chance, it is now because he is playing with like his hair is on fire. <laughs> DSG Goodbar says Grant Stewart is our discount Palomar. I mean, that's <laughs> exactly. a, that's that's a that's a hell of a comparison to make. I love the I hair. Love uh, he's got a ways to go to to be a discount Palomar <laughs> yeah. as far as on the field product. But hey, I mean, he's he's going to be a solid backup for the Colts at linebacker. Uh, but one of the things that stood out, Drake, as far as maybe not so good on Saturday night. Offensive line. Offensive line continued to struggle uh, against the Bears. And again, it was that that second unit. We saw Blake, Blake Freeland took the start at uh, left tackle instead of right tackle. He allowed the strip sack on Sam Ellinger, just really took allowed the, the defensive end a path straight to Sam Ellinger. Uh, Arlington Hambright at guard really struggled as well. They just couldn't get push. And, and I think the concerns about the depth along the offensive line are, are really starting to, to come to fruition for the Colts. Yeah. And, you know, go, we, we're all talking about like the pressures a lot on quarterbacks, but I go back to the running game where I believe it was 31 carries, 123 yards, two rushing touchdowns. Well, eight of those carries, 60 yards and a touchdown came from Ellinger. So the rest is 23 carries, 63 yards, and a score from the rest of the running backs, which was Jason Huntley, Jake Funk, Evan Hall, Deion Jackson, Kenyon Drake. Mm -hmm. Those guys, some of those guys are obviously, you know, lower tier players, but I mean, Kenyon Drake, Deion Jackson, Evan Hall, they're not, you know, terrible players. They just couldn't get any lanes opened up. So not only was the offensive line getting bullied in the pass rush, but they also could not get anything going in the run game. And I know we talked about Freeland and Hambright, Dan Skipper, Man, that guy, because so far he's been a turnstile in the preseason. So you're looking at this depth line, and it does worry you that, God forbid, one of those starters goes down on the offensive line. Boy, that's going to be the target for every defense to attack. Exactly. And I, th I think at this point, if you're expecting the Colts to go sign a veteran free agent, I, I don't know how likely that is unless it's somebody that is just a camp body. Uh, what I do expect the Colts to do is since they have that number four waiver priority because of how bad they were in 2023, I expect the Colts to really use that uh, uh, once, once final cuts are made. And there's a lot of new guys that are on the free agent market the Colts are going to try to come in and and pick up a decent amount of those uh to try to to get them on their team that's where I think the Colts could really target some offensive line depth uh, and and they're going to try to use that waiver priority to their advantage so it's going to be interesting to see uh, I know a lot of Colts fans have been trying to to lobby for the Colts to sign Dalton Reisner um not sure how how uh uh how likely that is going to be but hey it, it's fun to watch on on social media but but definitely watch for the colts to grab some offensive linemen uh, once final cuts are made so so drake let's let's talk about this before we kind of move on here well i'm going to give you one last question who give me one player from saturday that helped their chances uh of making the 53-man roster 
You know, I know we've been talking about, you know, uh, Jalen Jones and Grant Stewart. How about Titus freaking Leo, man? This guy had seven tackles, three by himself. He had a sack. He had a tackle for loss. He was he was instrumental in causing that pick six against the Bills. I'm telling you, the, the, he was a guy that came from a college. No one was talking about Wagner University. I think he is making a name for himself, and I think he is making a legitimate case that the Colts can't ignore him and might need to give him a roster spot. He's playing out of his mind. And with the injury to Jannard Avery, I mean, you could see Leo fighting for snaps at that backup Leo position behind Samson Ebukam. Uh, I'm going to go with Trevor Denbo, and Rich Wheeler, I want to give him a shout-out. He said Trevor Denbo was fired from a bow last Saturday night. Um, awesome. He was. Trevor Denbo was all over the place. The safety uh, who uh, I think really asserted himself and kind of, clinched his backup role uh, at safety for this team and trevor dembo is also a menace on special teams again these back of the roster guys they have to be able to produce on special teams and trevor dembo is one of those had a great game saturday night and i expect trevor dembo to be on the 53-man roster as one of the backup safeties for this Colts team. So let's wrap up the episode tonight, Drake, with the latest Colts news and rumors. Obviously, we covered the Jonathan Taylor saga earlier in the show. So if you missed out on that, definitely go back in the beginning part of the episode for about the first half hour and check that out. Uh, but another big piece of information came Saturday night after the game as well. And that was what happened to Shaquille Leonard. Uh, he wasn't, he didn't practice on Thursday, and Shane Steichen wasn't available to the media to give an update of what exactly had happened. Uh, that was the first practice that Shaq Leonard had missed all of training camp, and there was a lot of intrigue in that. Do you, did he possibly tweak his back and have a setback? But Shane Steichen revealed that he just got a little bit dinged up uh, and is dealing with the concussion. So Shaquille Leonard is in the concussion protocol, but he is feeling good, and, and the Colts expect him back soon. So... Again, I don't want to downplay a, a head injury like a concussion because they are very, very serious. But I think a lot of Colts fans had a sigh of relief to hear that it wasn't Shaquille Leonard's back uh, that was the focus of this injury. No one's going to be fully excited until week one and they see Shaquille Leonard actually out there. Right. It's just after a long re recovery, any little tiny injury, you're going, oh, no, what is it now? So just – Pump the brakes, little dings and nicks happen. The, I, I fully expect Shaquille Leonard to come out of the concussion protocol just fine. Kind of like Andrew said, you can't screw around with nerve injuries. Well, you can't screw around with concussions either, small or large. Right, and all concussions heal differently as well. So uh, it's going to be... It's going to be interesting to see um, how quickly he can come back. I would not expect Shaquille Leonard to play against the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday night. Um, just, just sit him, let him rest, get him ready for week one. Um, and the Colts made some wide, some wide receiver moves as well this past week with Ashton Doolin going on IR. Uh, the Colts signed wide receiver James Washington, the former Pittsburgh Steeler, and wide receiver DJ Montgomery. Both those guys made some plays in that fourth quarter quarter drake against the chicago bears and they're trying to see if they can possibly earn a roster spot here late in camp well and right out of the gate i mean the guy that sticks out is james washington he goes in there and makes arguably the biggest play of the entire game 42 yard bomb from ellinger i think he made a statement that he's wanting to play for the indianapolis colts now uh dj montgomery that i, I personally think that's a little bit more of a camp body i think if you're talking about the diff like 
between the two, I think James Washington has a better chance just because he's got far more experience and in a good offense back when he played in Pittsburgh. Right. And to make room for those guys, uh, Colts waived wide receiver Malik Turner, who had who had shown a little bit in camp, but again, was not in in, uh, was not in contention to make the roster. And then, as I mentioned earlier, the Colts placed Jannard Avery uh, on injured reserve uh, due to a knee injury he suffered in the joint practices against the Chicago Bears. Tough break for Avery because he had impressed and he was probably on his way to earning that backup Leo spot and, and, and a role on this Colts defensive line. And it's just another injury that happened to the Colts, another prominent injury that set him back a little bit, a solid depth player that was really climbing his way, uh, you know, through the, through the depth chart. And like you said, potentially on his way to a backup role. But again, uh, don't be surprised if you potentially see, you know, either a, a guy that you didn't think was going to, make an impact maybe he starts making an impact at edge uh but yeah that really sucks for Avery because I was pretty pumped with how well he was playing in camp yeah I, I was too so we're gonna have to see if Titus Leo can step up does Alquadine Muhammad make the roster now uh, still plenty of roster battles to be decided as final cuts are coming up here fairly fairly soon so that's our episode for tonight guys really really appreciate everybody tuning in to the conversation about jonathan taylor and everything else colts related wanted to give a special shout out to patrick the cfo of horseshoe huddle as always for his super chat and my beautiful wife danielle for the super sticker so please if you haven't done so already go like us on our social medias uh like horseshoe huddle on facebook follow at colts on fn on twitter and subscribe to the Horseshoe Huddle YouTube channel. Hit that bell so you know whenever Drake and I are going live so you never miss an episode. And if you can't catch us live, Apple, Spotify, Google, wherever you listen to podcasts, we're on there as well. So please subscribe and give us a five-star review. So, Drake, with all the craziness happening in Colts country right now, you've been riding away, I've been riding away. What can the people check out that you've posted for HorseshoeHuddle.com? Well, just recently, I, uh, I I did a little breakdown on the offensive line and, and how they played against the Bears and how I felt like they struggled. And then just today, I, I did an aggregate piece on a uh, on a Bleacher Report uh, article where they discussed one cut from every NFL team. And uh, it's actually a veteran that's been with the Colts for six years. So go check out who that is and, um, you know, decide if you agree or not, if you should stay. Definitely give those pieces a read. For myself, it's been all about Jonathan Taylor. I did have one piece come out about Quiddy Pay on Friday and uh, how the Colts defense, how he feels they're hungry. And Quiddy Pay, well, a lot of we haven't really talked about him much. He's had a really impressive camp. I think 2023 could be a very big year for Quiddy Pay. Maybe even closes in and surpasses double digit sacks if he can stay healthy. But, uh, Otherwise, my stories have been on Jonathan Taylor. Did a deep dive on Jim Ursay's words uh, about Jonathan Taylor during the broadcast on Sunday uh, and also talked about uh, everything that's going on with the Colts seeking per, uh, or allowing Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade, giving him permission to do that. That posted to horseshoehuddle.com right before we went live. So make sure you go there and check out our work and all the work by the other talented writers that we get to work with every single day. You can follow Drake on Twitter at DWalsterDrake. You can follow myself at Andrew Moore NFL. And guys, we will be back Wednesday night, Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern Time 
time, since the Colts play on Thursday night, Drake and I are going to talk some Colts-Eagles football uh, the night before. We'll talk about the joint practice. We'll talk about the final preseason game for the Colts. So make sure you join us Wednesday night at 6 p.m. Eastern before Shad goes live with the Saddle Up show. So we will see you Wednesday night to talk Colts-Eagles, maybe more Jonathan Taylor. We'll have to see. But until then, enjoy your evening. And enjoy your week, Colts fans.